Chapter twenty nine of Miss Pym's Camouflage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Pym's Camouflage by Lady Dorothy Stanley. Chapter twenty nine. The next morning, a very restless Miss Pym strolled about talking to the soldiers and children. She could not altogether dispel a sense of failure. What had she done with her miraculous power? She had just made a trip into Germany. She had not killed the Kaiser or Hindenburg. She had done little more than any Swiss or Swedish woman might have done without invisibility. And now she must face the commander-in-chief, tell her inadequate story, and steal back to Froghurst to become once more a vegetable marrow. Leslie was right. Auntie Purr was not capable of high adventure. The throb of a motor broke upon her sad reverie. The commander-in-chief had sent his car for Miss Pym with a brief note. Congratulations on safe return. I send car to bring you to headquarters, if you feel well enough for the run. Hugh Douglas. Seeing the surgeon enter the cottage, Miss Pym showed him the note. I must go now, doctor. Thank you for your care. Will you explain to the colonel why I took French leave? But I have not passed you as fit, said the surgeon, smiling. Sir Hugh Douglas expressly says, if you are well enough for the run, no retorted miss pym he does not say if you are well enough but if you feel well enough and i feel quite well enough thanks to you you see he has sent his car the fresh air and the movement will complete my cure and do away with this restlessness miss pym really felt better the moment she was off she sank down in the seat amid cushions and rugs provided by someone's forethought and wish she might journey thus for days and days instead of a few short hours the afternoon was still golden and hazy when the big car swung round a corner and to miss pym's surprise she found herself once more at the door of the mairie where not so many days ago she had first met sir hugh douglas and his staff a lieutenant received her at the door and at once conducted her to the big council chamber overlooking the place where she found sir hugh douglas her welcome was extremely cordial they all seemed glad and relieved to see her back safe no one cried but what did you succeed in doing miss pym blushed when sir hugh douglas led her to an armchair and begged her to tell them the full story of her adventures a shorthand writer sat at a small table, and Sir Hugh and his staff took chairs round Miss Pym, and listened with parted lips like eager children, as she related her curious experiences. When she had finished, Sir Hugh Douglas rose abruptly, and in a voice from which he could not eliminate altogether a sharp note of excitement, said, That plan of Hindenburg's, you have it here? and miss pym trembling turned out all the papers she had brought from germany on to a large table here was the correspondence of the kaiser sir hugh douglas set it aside saying history here was the plan of the new submarine and a list of submarine bases sir hugh put these apart saying navy but when he saw the crumpled paper hindenburg's own plan his face shone the army now we shall know the German intentions. And he made Miss Pym repeat again and again what Hindenburg had said, how this was, in his opinion, the only course to take, that they would begin at once, 
cloaking their plan by feigned attacks and the movement of troops in other directions of course it seemed possible they might attempt this but i dismissed it as unlikely the sacrifice seemed too great for them yet i see now that if they could have carried it through unbeknown to us it would have been the best thing for them and now what a coup for us how we'll counter them appearing to be deceived why this is tremendous this is worth all the rest miss pym this paper is priceless we've got them they forgot this plan and having taken the map from you they won't imagine that you can give them away besides hindenburg you say was set on this plan he is no doubt fixing it all up now we must start moving the troops to-night when miss pym has left us we will figure it all out and you saved murcott's life and the lives of those men with him miss pym i shall recommend you for the victoria cross really the value of your work is beyond telling the results incalculable the admiralty will want to thank you the papers and plans you took from von schlange are of great importance to us they are signed by general von losberg chief of the staff of von arnim and the master brain of german defence in the west and these letters from von bettmann holweg and von jagau doubtless give away the whole german plot miss pym i never dreamt you would do such wonderful things in germany miss pym's eyes were filled with tears she looked steadily out on the place unwinking lest the tears run down her cheeks you are wounded they tell me continued sir hugh miss pym made a little gesture of dissent oh so little just enough though to destroy my power to disappear no one who knows you will ever want you to disappear again said sir hugh smiling like a happy boy and miss pym again blushed with joy joy that after all she had done something worth while and now i will visit mere dupont as you will have plenty to do if you are going to counter hindenburg she said it is such a relief to know all those papers are in your hands i never felt they were safe in germany i was in constant dread lest by some accident they should fall into german hands it would indeed have been a calamity for the certainty we now have that hindenburg has decided on this course puts us in a splendid position it will save the lives of thousands of our men mere dupont expected ma chere enfant she gravely kissed her on both cheeks and led her to the salon bedroom miss pym had quite a feeling of coming home as she sank down in the fauteuil by the window madame you should thank the bon dieu that you got back safe out of the hands of those terrible people said mere dupont standing calm and abbess-like before miss pym yes they are a terrible people replied perdita pym they are suffering but they are not beaten they are not hopeless ah well that is because they do not realize what is going on said madame with calm assurance food is very scarce and very bad continued miss pym the people are doing without those things indispensable to health and the most elementary comfort actual necessities are failing such as light heat food and hot water and yet they hold on but suddenly they will let go declared madame 
solemnly raising her hand oh there de bac is preparing my only fear is lest they give up before we enter their country it is necessary that we cross their frontiers as destroyers as well as victors madame do not doubt this doubt enfeebles purpose i am an old woman i was twenty when the germans first attacked france their success in seventy prepared this war if we do not break them this time they will continue through the centuries either preparing war or waging war and the nations of the earth will know neither peace nor rest we must give them such a beating as will destroy their appetite for war and i have no doubt whatever that we are doing this once we enter germany they will crumple up we will destroy everything we french people have vowed that their homes shall be reduced to ruin because it is the only way to teach the bosch the french people will not leave a single factory nor a single machine standing and this is the meaning of the war dear madame we can only release the world by fighting so we give our all our best our dearest our sons our husbands to save not france alone but le monde entier madame my boy died in bois le pret in nineteen fifteen my grandson died at verdun in nineteen sixteen with them died all which makes life happy or beautiful for me but i gave ungrudgingly for a great purpose and i demand the fulfilment of that purpose no politicians no pacifists shall take from us what our sons died to win madame's face shone with a spiritual light as she spoke miss pym jumped up and took both the frenchwoman's hands the women of england stand with those of france dear madame even in germany there are men who recognize that germany's only way of salvation is through defeat that defeat is inevitable germany's man-power is failing soon you will see her totter and fall as a man falls from loss of blood but in france and in your country said madame severely there are dangerous people who would negotiate with the enemy and make concessions and weak sentimental people especially in england who would spare germany and greedy profit-loving people who under the pretence of loving their enemies and forgiving their crimes hope to trade with them again and make fortunes yes there is always that danger assented miss pym but i believe the great majority is sane and righteous in france too it will be the same nations which have made such tremendous sacrifices are not going to submit tamely to sentimentalists and allow germany to recover pick herself up again and make ready for another war do you believe wars in future can be stopped by a police force of nations asked madame anxiously force can be met and put down only by greater force declared miss pym if the police are armed and united and more numerous than the brigands they can overcome them and she added with conviction you can take it from me germany is beaten and her commander-in-chief her staff and her generals know it 
I heard this morning of your safe return, explained Madame. One of my officers came round and told me to make ready, and here I am talking instead of seeing to your supper. Will you have it up here or in the salle à manger? Miss Pym came down and feasted, and then strolled into the untidy little kitchen garden and round the orchard, where she was joined by young officers eager for news. Yes, the Germans are a very hungry people, she assured them, and the food they get is not only insufficient, it is also injurious to health. Hunger is toning down their ferocity and making them think, and even making them question themselves and their government. Of course, the soldiers are disciplined and better fed than the civilians, but all are fighting for a cause which they know is lost. They do not believe in victory. They may pretend to when they are prisoners, but they talk among themselves in quite a different tone. Despondent is not the word. They are hopeless. Many are resentful. They do not think their artillery supports them at all adequately, and far too many of the German soldiers are looking forward to the chance of becoming prisoners, especially the very young soldiers. Thus Miss Pym talked with the officers, all sitting along the low orchard wall in the scented darkness, the perfume of apples and wet grass making the air fragrant, and all the time the guns kept up their shout, No peace before victory! Before leaving France, began an officer, Captain Boyd of the Northumberland Fusiliers, would you care to see a French chateau lately vacated by the Huns? We arrived too late to save the inmates. There was a countess, her son, and grandchildren. The son, an officer in the French army, in the flying corps, got leave and disguising himself as a French peasant, he managed to fly over the German lines by night and to reach his chateau. The Bosch discovered him. They shot him on the terrace of the house. The grandmother or wife threatened the brutes, though of course they were quite helpless. But it was enough for the infuriated Germans who shot the two women. After that they ran amuck and killed the little children. We have no actual witness of the murders, but the bodies were found in a heap. One woman in the house fled after the count was shot. She heard the old countess calling out that she would shoot the brigands, and if she failed, the English were approaching and would see justice done. The chateau is not so very far from here. Miss Pym hesitated. It is a very painful sight, she said, and I ought to be going back. Still, you should see for yourself to what depths the German can descend. You ought to let it be known in England, where too many people appear to be under the illusion that we are fighting a decent enemy. Were these unfortunate people by any chance called Rockford? asked Miss Pym. Why, yes, it is the Chateau de Rockford, and it was the Count and his whole family who were murdered. I suppose Mère Dupont told you about it. Then Miss Pym recounted her adventure in the railway truck from Valenciennes how she opened a large hamper filled with clothes etc and read the letter of a german to his wife in which he described the butchery at a chateau by order of general wiesmann who carried off all the jewellery the other officers taking the pictures plate and even lace and clothes 
I hope now you will come to Rockfort, said Captain Boyd, and see the village notary. The French government is taking down on oath the evidence of all witnesses of atrocities, pillage, theft, etc. You can prove that all the valuables of the castle were carried off, and by whom. Miss Pym could no longer refuse, and so it was arranged that she should visit the chateau the next morning. End of chapter 29